0: You are listening to Ball Side, Goal Side, putting coaches in a better position. Hosted by Ed Heverling and Eric Debranski.
1: If you enjoy our show, please follow and subscribe to our weekly podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and Anchor FM. Also, follow us on social media, on Twitter at ball underscore goal underscore side and on Instagram
2: on ball side goal side. Ball side goal side, uh, back here for another episode. It's been a great week up here uh, in Utah. Uh, Eric, how you doing down there?
1: Doing great. Becoming a big uh, German Soccer League fan. Yeah. <laughs> Just following every game. I don't think I've ever watched uh, that many uh, German games. And obviously, I've, we've built our. Uh, you know, obviously, a lot of my friends are watching the same games, so I don't. I've never had this many back and forths about uh, you know, Dortmund and Bayern oh, Munich and <laughs> and all that stuff. So it's it's been fun to have soccer back, and and uh, you know, just fortunate that that everything continues to look like um, you know, we're returning to play, and and uh, you know, getting our you know players back to whether it's small group trainings, whether it's uh, you know, some of the teams are able to kind of train in bigger, larger groups. Um, so you know, really. Really happy and excited to talk to to Laura today, our guest, and uh, and get her insight from U.S. Soccer's point of view on the return to play, and and um, you know really you know maybe help some of those coaches like myself, and and obviously Ed, you've been in it in terms of you've been able to start training up there in Utah, so you've seen the the developments and the phases. Um, I think me in Florida, you know, we haven't really you know we've we've kind of been cleared here and there, but we still haven't seen some parks and some areas open that have really restricted what we've been able to do. So, uh, so it's going to be, it's going to be interesting. So, so I'm, I'm very intrigued and very, um, very uh, excited to listen to to what she's got to say about U S soccer and obviously the athletic training portion uh, as well.
2: Yeah. It's, it's going to be exciting to speak with Laura. I think this is a, a timely conversation with her, as you said, uh, with everything kind of returning to play and um, um, you know, we'll hit on a little bit um, you know, hopefully in the conversation with her about, um, you know, out here in Utah, um, you know, they they've started high school practices open field. Club teams are having tryouts, um, you know, and then I have players coming in here, so they're getting some of them are doing three trainings a week a day, um, you know, and and such. And so um being able to speak to, to Laura and her athletic training background and, and how US soccer handles things, I think, will be uh very educational and informative for our listeners, um, giving us some tips and advice to to make sure that we're there for our student athletes, or for our athletes and and their families, and making sure that we're tending to their needs and their their um, their their care, you know, is in our hands, um, especially in this time. Because I think you know how it is, we're we're all of us are ready to get back, um, but we have to take those steps. We can't just rush back into it and you know increase the chance for injuries or whatever. So it'll be good to get a perspective to maybe get some ideas on how we can uh, kind of return to play safely and and reduce and mitigate those those, uh, chances for injury.
1: Yeah. You make such great points, Ed. I mean, it's, it's, I think everybody's been, been really, you know, excited to get back on the field. So it's really trying to make sure that we create a balanced plan and, and and there's nobody probably more excited than our players. You know, our players are ready to go out there and and really play obviously as coaches and, and athletic trainers and all sports staff are are excited, but, um, I think our players are, are really excited about the opportunity to go out there and play, but you know, You've got to, like you said, make sure that that plan is a balanced plan, and um, and understanding that, hey, you know, I get it. You want to go out and play, 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 and and go 100 miles an hour, but but there's got to be there's got to be something that that really um, helps you kind of, uh, you know, just like we're opening up in phases. I feel like some of the, some of our athletes and our teams need to open up in phases as well. Um, and much like every guest that we've had so far, I think what, what's so, you know, and and you can kind of um, expound on this a little bit after, you know, after this, but it's the, the levels of experience Laura's had throughout her career that, that again, just the information that she's had from being, you know, in the college setting and now in U.S. soccer and really, and you being with youth, youth soccer and U.S. soccer, it's just been, you know, she really has that, that array of, of experience and something that, you know, can really help, um, you know, coaches like myself, to, to really phase our players back into, uh, to training.
2: Yeah. And that's right. You kind of touch on it there, Eric. Um, you know, Laura McLean, she's a, uh, uh, youth national team athletic trainer at part of the uh, high performance department with uh, U.S. soccer is going to be joining us and talking to us today. Um, you know, she got, she's a graduate from uh, Washington state university. And then, uh, she uh, worked on her master's degree while doing a GA position at Utah state then moved on, I think to Virginia Commonwealth, and then back to Utah state as a full-time athletic trainer. And then, kind of progressed that job into a full-time position with u.s soccer um so her background is going to be great um she has been around the sport uh for numerous years now and and has first-hand knowledge um of of what we're going through as coaches and what the players are going through so really looking forward to speaking with laura i think it's going to be a great conversation and and uh getting her insight uh here for uh this uh interview All right, back here on Ball Side, Goal Side, we're joined today by uh, Laura McLean. She's the athletic trainer for the youth national teams with U.S. Soccer, part of their high-performance department. Uh, Laura, it's great to have you on. How are you doing today?
0: I'm doing well. Thank you for having me.
2: Great. glad to yeah glad to have you on uh, glad you're doing well and um, look forward to get your perspective here today I think this is interesting times for all of us as coaches and uh, you know as we're coming out of out of quarantine and such it'll be good to get your perspective on how we can do um, right by our student athletes to make sure they're prepared to uh, you know come back to play and, and be uh, ready to go uh, before we kind of delve into it if you could please just tell us a little about yourself your history your background and, and where you're at now
0: Sure. Um, yeah, I, uh, I'm an athletic trainer, so I started in grad school um, at Washington State University. Um, this was back, they've just changed our educational system for athletic trainers. It's now an entry-level master's degree, so I'm old enough, and there's another generation before me that was even different, but um, I'm old enough to be a part of an undergrad program um, at Washington State. Go Cougs! Um, and then was certified after that. Had to throw that plug in there uh, for you. Uh, so after, after graduating uh, Washington State, I went on to Utah State for grad school, which was um, experience and master's degree, um, and worked with football and women's soccer there, fell in love working with women's soccer. I grew up playing, but um, had, already, had always intended to like stay and work in football, Um, But getting that experience with the Utah State women's soccer team um, and their program there really kind of flipped my professional goals. Um, After graduating, or actually before I ended up graduating, I started a job at Virginia Commonwealth University in in Virginia, in Richmond, Virginia, um, with their U.S. soccer program there. Or, sorry, women's soccer program there. Um, And worked there for a number of years, helped with the development of their uh, sports performance team, which was kind of a collaboration of athletic training and sports performance or strength and conditioning, um, incorporated some like sports psychology and uh, nutrition and things like that. And they've really grown their program um, out there, which has been really exciting to see. Um, In 2016, I think, I came back to Utah State um, to work with women's soccer back here and do a bit of teaching in their um, undergrad kinesiology department, um, which has been a really exciting opportunity for me. And then um, just this past year, I started doing some work with um, U.S. soccer, uh, working uh, working as a network professional. Um, in their youth program. So going to their different youth national team camps and working as an athletic trainer and helping support their national teams that way, Um, which then opened up an opportunity uh, with them this winter for a full-time job uh, with their youth national team program. Um, So I work with their under 20s, under 19s and under 18 age group on the women's youth national team side. Um, and support them medically um, as an athletic trainer. So,
1: that's awesome, Laura. Um, what I mean, I guess moving through obviously college and and going in with U.S. Soccer. I mean, can you describe maybe some of your some some of the daily duties in terms of working with U.S. Soccer? And then can you can you describe the if slash then initiative?
0: Sure. Um, so U.S. Soccer. Uh, my job with U.S. Soccer is. bit unique um, compared to what it was like in the college setting so uh, for me there is at u.s soccer uh, we go into these national team camps um, and work kind of in an isolated setting with them Um, but it's kind of short term in a sense um, meaning that we don't see them every day day in and day out like you do in the college setting Um, So a lot of my job when I'm outside of camp is monitoring players um, when they go back to their settings. Uh, So whether that's college or club teams, high school, um, what have you, making sure that they're kind of supported. um, If they have injuries, we're monitoring those, uh, monitoring their progress with that. Um, If there's certain things that we've noticed in camp um, in terms of like injury prevention strategies and things like that, that we Think would be beneficial for them um, my job is kind of collaborating uh, especially with our collegiate players with their sports medicine sports performance staff um, to make sure that they're best supported and um, able to kind of achieve what they want to achieve physically um, and to kind of match match our demands with their college demands as well trying to balance that out so there's a lot of uh, communication a lot of emails a lot of phone calls uh, Right now, Zoom meetings um, with our players, and then obviously communicating amongst um, our coaching staff as well um, to make sure that they're staying on top of players that they want to bring in or that they're interested in, making sure that everybody is kind of on the same page with where certain individuals are at. Um, and then we're working on a number of different um, initiatives within our department to be kind of more visible and leaders in in the sports medicine high-performance world in, in soccer and trying to make it the preeminent sport in the United States. Um, so that's kind of the background of my duties um, with U.S. soccer. But if then, um, initiatives uh, is through Lida Hill Philanthropies, um, which has actually funded my position and a number of uh, positions at U.S. soccer for females in STEM roles, so science, technology Engineering and mathematics, um, which is athletic training, um, high performance. There's um, some roles in like performance analytics and stuff like that that they're looking into um, as well. Um, So they're really trying to support women in these uh, science and technology engineering roles um, and showing kind of middle school younger females um, that like, and trying to switch kind of the gender gap in those roles um, to kind of promote women in, in, in those innovative um, areas. So that's kind of the basis, basis of that. Um, and lucky for me, I um, am in a role that they're supporting and was created, um, created by that.
2: Awesome. That's uh, that's great, Laura. When you were telling me a little bit about this before the uh, before we started the interview, I was doing some research on it. I think that's great, and and you know, it's kind of odd because I I know what STEM is, but I never put the athletic training realm into it. But then as you spoke here, I never put in the engineering and the mathematics part with the analytics. And it's like, whoa! All right, now this even makes a whole lot more sense um, as to what what uh, you know. Uh, young females can be doing and looking forward to and staying involved in the sport that they love. Maybe, maybe they don't want to leave that sport, but you know, but this would be an awesome opportunity. So that's great to hear. Um, now, do you guys do um, outreach then and, and try and um, how how do you outreach and communicate with the, with coaches or to get in front of those players to kind of educate them on that?
0: Um, yeah, so they do uh, a number of different initiatives. So I think she believes is a big platform that U S soccer has to reach, uh females from middle school younger females in soccer out of soccer Uh, we just did a whole big she believes summit um and they do different outreach um through kind of the if then initiative and through Lida hill um to go into like i know a number of our staff went into some middle schools and talked to some middle school um, girls uh, about kind of what what we do at u.s soccer and um what that stem position looks like and then there's different online platforms um, that they're really highlighting women in stem so not just with u.s soccer they they also highlight um, women in different areas of science and mathematics which i think is really cool and really fun to follow
1: college coaches youth coaches as we kind of prepare to return i mean what would you recommend to coaches uh, in terms of returning to training and reducing those return to play injuries. Um, I just had a meeting with my college team on Friday, obviously just kind of highlighting that the season is going to be different. You know, it's just going to be, whether it's more condensed in terms of, you know, uh, less games in a shorter amount of time. So as you guys kind of do the zoom meetings and talk, you know, talk amongst it amongst yourselves as athletic trainers, what would you recommend or what would you suggest to coaches as we return to training and, and maybe we can help reduce those, uh, those return to play injuries.
0: Yeah, I think um, the biggest thing is understanding where your players are at. I think um, depending on what they've had available to them, what they've been doing in terms of training, um, or what they haven't had access to, I think understanding where each individual player is is really, really important um, because there's going to be kids like at least um, from like our perspective, national team perspective. Uh, all over the country um, so all over are all different um, abilities to be out in outside playing um, training running um, access to different activities things like that so I think coming in with the understanding that they're probably not going to be really fully ready to train um, and being okay with that I think um, we've Uh, at U.S. Soccer just put out our uh, play on initiative on our website, um, which kind of shows a phased approach um, for returning to soccer. So in this first or second phase, I guess technically would be um, kind of the return to, or sorry, first phase would be kind of returning to soccer a little bit. So starting with some small group training, um, working on some fitness components, really building those kids back up starting with some movement and some strengthening and things like that so starting really kind of at the basic level um and building building that base up and then looking to move on into those phases um further on with full team full team training and things like that i think the biggest thing that um i think i'm concerned about and i think we should all be concerned about is we're all really excited and wanting to get back to training. Um, I don't think you'll find anybody involved in sports right now that is not like itching to get back out there and go full, but I think we have to be really, really cognizant that our kids aren't ready necessarily for that. Um, and so there's going to be, you know a period of a few weeks where they need to really build um, build back up, work on the technical thing, things uh, work on their fitness level, work on their strength um, to kind of build that resiliency heading back into full team training.
1: Yeah. And I think you're getting that with the players as well. You're absolutely right. I think they're just so excited to get back to training as well. Just even going through the back and forth of, are we going to have a season? Are we not going to have a season? And now it does look like we're going to have a season, even though it might be a reduced schedule. So I think us as coaches, I mean, I know myself, it's trying to make sure we're creating a plan that eases them in because we don't have access to a lot of them. And, and obviously you guys at U S soccer is probably the same deal. It's like you are working from afar. Um, and some, some of our players are going full a thousand miles an hour, uh, going, jumping into three hour training sessions, doing a bunch of stuff, um, which obviously you always love the ambition and you always love the drive, but it's like, you know, can you incrementally kind of get back? Um, so it's, uh, so it's fantastic to hear that that play on initiative is, was created by U.S. Soccer and I'm definitely, you know, going to look that up and, and try to follow some of those, uh, those phases.
0: Yeah, they just, um, they just really launched that this week um, to the public. So we've released our phase one and it has a whole bunch of different resources, um, some ideas on training, some ideas on how to kind of progress training load and how to monitor those types of things and um, how to maintain good social distancing and hygiene practices, all of that Uh, it's really important in these, these, these initial phases as well, Um, and then over the next several weeks, they're gonna, we're gonna work to release the rest of our phases, so uh, working through, like, full team training, and then uh, competition, and and then eventually we'll get to unrestricted phase of uh, no worries, but hopefully at least (laughs) soon, you know, Um, but yes, it's a, been really fun to be a part of something like that to kind of help help our players um, get back out there safely.
2: Yeah. I think that's the the big part that we're all kind of facing right now is we want to be safe with it. And we want to make sure we're taking the right steps. Um, you know, as with you, you're not able to see the players daily uh, club coaches, college coaches, high school coaches, aren't able to see the players daily. Um, but what can we as coaches kind of give for homework or implement within our training programs that can allow them to kind of come back and, and be ready to go, uh, especially for those fitness days and, and such to reduce the injuries. Are there like movements or, re, you know, uh, exercises that they can be doing that you would recommend to help them come back and be prepared to, to start when we get to that, the next phase, that that'll kind of allows us to increase our, our play.
0: Yeah, I think um, building whatever you can strengthen. I think there's a lot that you could do with very minimal equipment in terms of like movement, uh, literacy, uh, squat, uh, hinge patterns—you um, know, push, pull, lunging—all that sort of stuff is going to be really important just to maintain good movement quality, um, good functional movement, um, and you can still build strength within that within um, like a body weight setting if they don't have access to to anything like that. I think building. Just in general, a good strength base and a good strength program and good foundational movements um, is really important for that resiliency. I think then building into some of the more like technical side of things. So, like your sprinting, running form, um, your technical skills on the ball, stuff that they could do kind of in their house, I think right now is really important. the fitness side of things I think again still kind of dependent on on the individual so I'm hesitant to give like specific recommendations for that sort of thing but um, I think you know just encouraging them to do it to do what they can and be safe about it um, in terms of fitness is important does that answer your question
2: oh absolutely
1: I think something that I mean I'm kind of moving maybe on from the, the return to play aspects of it I think that's something that something that's always fascinated me and I know obviously Ed and probably, you know, uh, the same, it's the, the ability that athletic trainers have to design a program specific to the recovery of an athlete. You know, like I'm one of those coaches that I'll poke my head into the training room just to make sure that, you know, somebody's getting treatment, somebody's doing, you know, obviously you've, you've been in the college setting as well, and obviously U.S. soccer, but I never pretend to know what, what the kid's getting done <laughs> in terms of like, I just kind of wave and uh, and see that they're, they're getting their, their stuff done. Now, as an athletic trainer, like I said, I've always found it fascinating. How do you go about, like, what goes into building and designing a plan for an injured athlete? Like, what, what, you know, what are maybe common questions that they, that, that they have for athletes? What are, you know, like I said, how do you kind of build that relationship to build that that you know session and that design that you know um, plan?
0: Yes, I mean, again, really individual. Um, so it's really specific um or at least i'm trying to be really specific to to that individual athlete and what they have going on um so it can be really in in injury dependent um but i mean generally what happens like in say somebody gets an acute injury so uh ankle sprain something like that is really initially trying to like calm down that area work on um you know, some basic strength, some range of motion, that sort of a thing. But for me, what's really important, I think, in the injury process um, is also working on what kind of caused that injury. Do they have particular muscle imbalances, alignment issues, weaknesses, um, areas that we can work on at the same time that we are dealing with an injury? So sometimes there's things that you can't do functionally because they have pain, um, they can't put weight on it, you know, they can't do certain things because of that particular injury, but what are some other things that we can do in the meantime um, to help them when they get back to sport to reduce or mitigate their injury risk? Um, so that's kind of philosophy for me in terms of how I, how I try to design my rehab and, and injury um, programs.
1: And ha- And I mean, obviously, I think we all deal with those athletes that it's tough to get them in there. They'll go in once They'll, you know, they might not follow up. They might, you know, like in terms of you can't just go chasing them around and and really, you know, get them in there all the time. I mean, I mean, how do you go about kind of maybe motivating an athlete to get in there and get the treatment and and, and really be consistent with it? Because it seems like you can only do your job to a certain extent if they're doing their part. Uh, You can't get all of it done in one session, I'm assuming. And then, and then, see you in like 2 weeks. <laughs> you know, it's yeah. it's a, it's a, it's a you know, daily process, but how do you go about dealing with athletes that sometimes, you know, maybe struggle with with that, you uh, in terms of coming in and and really being consistent with the treatment.
0: Um I think I think you really have to level with them a little bit. Um you know, I, I think Again, really individual. you've got kids on either end of the spectrum, um, kids who really wanna push and get back there that they really, really push and you have to like pull them back. I think those are all the athletes that we love to have just because they're so motivated. Um, and then on the opposite end, I think um, kids who really struggle with, they've gotten hurt potentially, right? They've, they're kind of in a, in a depression, in a sense right um, and I, I really think a lot of that stems from some fear potentially that they have or um, some different feelings so I think really trying to level with them and, and understand where they're coming from um, is important for me and that can be obviously very tricky to do um, to get them to kind of see you know that we're just there to help you and, and we want to help motivate you and, and even if that means getting you better so that you move on from soccer or getting you better so that you can continue to play soccer at whatever level you want to be at. Um, I think really finding what, um, what kind of their internal monologue is, is really, really important. Um, Getting to know them, I think helps before they get hurt. Um, Trying to be kind of involved in, in their day to day in soccer, checking in with them, even if they, you know, aren't hurt. I think that that initial building of those relationships and being visible with them and, and around and helping um, with their team and talking to their coaches and them seeing all of that kind of communication and, and things like that really helps on the back end when they get hurt um, to be able to kind of build on that relationship, that rapport, and um, kind of help nudge them along as best you can.
2: So, yeah, you mentioned there kind of the communication with the coaches and that, you know, it's good for the players to see. It's good for, you know, us as coaches to understand. And although, like Eric said, we may not completely understand what you're saying, um, <laughs> you know, you have to dumb it down for most of us coaches to really, uh, truly, truly know what it is. Um, but what um, what is the important parts of communication? What should be shared? What should us as coaches know and understand? What can um, you know, what should the players, you know, be doing, um, you know, when it comes to the injuries and and working with the athletic trainer to really improve that kind of connection between everyone.
0: Um, I think that what's really important is first understanding how people like to communicate. Um, so for me, like I do very much like the in-person communication. I also try to incorporate some sort of formal communication. So like an email injury report, um, I think those are great tools, but I do think like building that person, again, that kind of personal relationship in terms of like face-to-face meeting, um, not always going down there when you have bad news uh, to tell a coach like, hey, you know, I think think that's important because like, you wanna also be happy and bring some positivity to them. But um, if you're always bringing the bad news, which happens to be part of the job, you know, I think that can be, can be a bit of, of a challenge. Um, so I think again, building that personal relationship, figuring out how people like to be communicated with. You know, is it is it okay if I text you 15 minutes before practice? Because sometimes that's when athletes tell you that they have stuff that is going on. Um, do you want me to call you uh, as soon as I find certain things? Um, can you understand what I'm putting in this injury report? You know. Um, Talking through different scenarios, I think, is also really helpful. So if you have kids in like longer-term rehab programs, talking through what that looks like um, every time. you know, I, I think even though we've potentially experienced long-term rehabs for the same injuries like ACLs and things like that, I think talking through that individual to that player is really important with the coach. Um, and then I think bringing in the athlete um, is sometimes really valuable. Um, to help kind of get them to buy into that situation as well understand kind of the expectations of them and um to kind of open that communication if they're struggling with say some motivation or you know struggling with something like school or something like that that's kind of affecting either their rehab or stuff with um with soccer i think bringing them and including them you know in in some of those conversations is really beneficial
1: yeah, it's funny that Ed brings up the 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 language of all of the athletic training terms because there's always there's always the first version of it, and then I'm like, I need my version of it. It's uh, the one that's uh, maybe more uh, more simplified for me. Um, Laura, can you explain some common overuse injuries and how we can how we can try to avoid them or at least minimize them at, at best?
0: Yeah. Uh, so I think uh, from a women's soccer perspective, um, we're all Pretty cognizant of the ACL risk and those kind of more acute injuries, ankle sprains, things like that. Um, some more overuse injuries, like patellofemoral pain syndrome, that's like some anterior knee pain, um, is a big one for women's soccer players. Um, stress fractures, stress reactions can also be a big one. Really, I think um, the overuse uh, injuries are really related to kind of. One, um, some type of weakness or um, issue, alignment issue potentially, some things that you can work on in those, like strength and conditioning programs uh, or movement prep programs, um, movement literacy, those types of things. Uh, But also monitoring uh, overall load, I think, is really important. So, training load um, is really important to kind of mitigate those injury risks in terms of overuse injuries, but also you're going to see that with. With um, with those acute injuries as well, um, trying to uh, trying to mitigate kind of those fatigue-based injuries, um, which ACLs can be, muscle strains can be. Um, those types of things also play into kind of that acute or chronic injury injury role.
1: You bring up a great great point with the kind of maybe monitoring training loads and monitoring you know the the load in which maybe they play a game and things like that. Throughout your career, have you seen How has that communication been? Obviously, Ed, Ed, and you talked about the communication aspect of it between coaches, players, and things like that. But I guess is there – has there been a common way of of doing that stuff? I know for for me, I always typically meet with our athletic trainers the day – we train at 8 in the morning at our school. So it's typically maybe a conversation that we have the day before in regards to, hey, if player A can only go through maybe two-thirds of practice or – the technical portion and then they'll have to go with the athletic trainers and do some, you know, PT, jogging, things like that, that they feel like necessary. Has there been something common that you've seen commonly done through through time that that's, has kind of really been helpful?
0: Um, I think what's been really exciting um, is the emphasis on sports science for soccer um, in particular. So, I mean, there's a ton of, resources out there, both like wearable data type technology, um, subjective reporting technology um, or apps and things like that that are all important and I think really exciting to and also a bit overwhelming sometimes to understand because they do provide so many data points um, and I think it's still very much important to use kind of your your expertise and understanding when interpret interpreting those because you know your players the best um, but I think I think those tools are really helpful I think there's also some really simple ways that you can monitor um, individual loads and training loads um, and having those discussions with your coaches um, is can be really easy not I mean not easy it's, that's probably not the right word necessarily but um can be really beneficial i think for um for coach athletic trainer sports science sports performance to have um there's some actually really good resources on our recognized to recover site on uh, load load management uh, training load management um, injury prevention all sorts of things on there that you can find um but i think I think overall um taking into account subjectively what's going on with your athletes, so sleep, soreness, uh fatigue factors, um, mood all of those are really important to incorporate into any sort of objective data, like your uh r p e so rate of perceived exertion or you know, whatever GPS data you're using, I think the combination of those is really, really key and really, really important. Um, and then again, using kind of your best, best um, assessment of your players, kind of the eyeball test is, is really important as well.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think you're absolutely right. I mean, times have changed so much in terms of even just even just the communication that we have with our players now. I mean, it's just been, it's been incredible, the growth, the, um, you know, the, the, really forward thinking that we've had with you know apps and and again it sounds like u.s soccer really does have all of its kind of bases covered with the rec- you know the the ability that you know the initiative with the recovery and aspect and things like that but it's been it's been fascinating and i think like i said i'm excited to kind of see where the future kind of takes us as well because it just again the health of, of our athletes is, is paramount
0: yeah, it's it's really exciting field to be a part of, I think. Um and there's just there's so much out there and it's changing. Um so much, you know, there's there's considerations for, for youth and growth and development and um all that sort of that's something that I've actually really become pretty interested in most recently is, is uh the youth side, obviously, because that's that's what I'm working with more so now. Um and, and kind of changing our thought process around uh, around how we're training and, and things like that with them. I think it's really cool.
2: So, Laura, as, as we um, kind of move forward here with with training and such, like out here in Utah right now, uh, high schools have open field play. They're kind of returning to practice. We have tryouts starting here in the next couple weeks. Um, I've been doing trainings in the RSL here for, for the last five weeks or so, but uh, the last couple of weeks now I've had players in – that are doing their open fields, they're coming to see me, and then, and then they have club practice. Um, what's some good recovery tips that you can give, um, you know, players and coaches with, you know, this kind of consistent schedule where they're constantly going? Um, you know, right now it's this, but then when it comes to club soccer, youth soccer, even colleges playing two games in a weekend, what are some practices and, and tips that you can give us to uh, to improve recovery for our athletes?
0: Um, great question. <laughs> Uh, this is something I'm really actually excited, like very passionate about, I think. Um, biggest three things, biggest three things before anything, out, any of the fancy things that I'll talk about, um, sleep, nutrition, hydration. I think sleep is one of the biggest things. Um, and I think especially with our college athletes, they don't tend to get enough of that. <laughs> Um, But really important for physical recovery as well as mental cognitive recovery, performance is huge. If you don't get enough sleep, your ability to perform well is going to be affected um, on top of the injury risk um, increases if you're not getting enough sleep. So that's uh, number one. Hydration, nutrition, um, obviously well-balanced nutrition, whole foods, that sort of thing is really important to focus on making sure you're getting enough to eat, especially if your training um, is really intense. Um, and then obviously hydrating uh, really well is important as well. And can also be part of that getting enough to eat um, nutrition wise. Um, hold on one second before yeah. you
2: go into the fancy stuff. Remember yeah. Eric's with us. And <laughs> you're going to have to dumb it down some so that Eric and our so listeners it
1: down for me. Yes.
2: Yes. All right. <laughs>
0: I really think the fancy stuff and the biggest impact should be those first three things that I mentioned. (laughs) Um, But the active recovery, you know, the foam rolling and stretching, good cool down, good warm up can all be really important pieces to your recovery and injury prevention as well. Um, Just taking care of your body, um, really paying attention to what's going on if you're having you know, uh, soreness in a particular area that's not going away in a reasonable amount of time, spending some more time trying to focus in on that. Um, and then I think it all goes back to, again, um, monitoring your training load. So if if you're a coach or an athlete who they're doing multiple things, um, multiple stresses, even considering, you know, where school and family activities and things like that play in, um, I think understanding that aspect is is going to be huge in recovery and tailoring um, training programs to adjust for that a little bit, too, um, as well as, you know, appropriately kind of periodizing them um, within your season I think is really important.
1: Yeah, I think, I mean, again, just touching base on on everything you've kind of discussed, which is incredible information, I think our players are looking for this stuff, too, in terms of they're they're like – you know a lot of them are in the training room doing preventative stuff you know you see a lot of the players that that are successful um within a college career or beyond are really the ones that that do work really well and work hand in hand with with their athletic trainers with their strength coaches with their nutritionists you know with all those resources that that have come about um i guess on a daily basis I maybe mean, obviously professionally what are some challenges that you do face is it you know we talked about maybe over information is it is it some of that stuff is it I mean what are some challenges that you have is it is it maybe simplifying you know something for an athlete is you know like what what kind of comes up that that you kind of have to face
0: um I feel like it's probably pretty multifactorial like you mentioned um obviously I think in the college setting specifically there's a lot of demands on those um, those athletes uh, from all over the place you know school is pretty intense um, especially at certain times of the year um, maybe they're needing to get internship hours and things like that you know um, uh, significant other or partner problems you know all of those play play a role I think trying to help encourage them to find a balance with everything is really Kind of a big challenge um, for a lot of collegiate athletes um, and it's not always perfect and it's not always easy, but um, trying to be there as a support is really important. Um, and then again, I think it all come it all comes back to that communication you know of of um, you know I think just being really open and honest about what's, what's going on with, with your players, um, and being able to have those conversations with your coaches and being able to, um, to adjust things as you need to, um, to get kind of the results that you want. I think it's really important.
2: Perfect. So Laura, um, a lot of us, we kind of talked about colleges and and such, and, and they have access to an athletic trainer, whereas uh, some of our listeners, you know, lack that that resource um what can those coaches what can those players be doing how can they communicate um you know to make sure that the players needs are being met and that the coach is doing the you know the appropriate thing for the players and making sure you're putting them on the right path if there is an injury or maybe a potential for an injury how can what's it, what does that look like what tips can you give these club coaches or these coaches without access to an atc
0: Um, So I think what's really important um, is if you do have somebody who has had an injury um, or is coming back from an injury, I think relying on whatever medical professional they've seen. So even though you don't have a direct relationship with them, it doesn't mean you can't necessarily reach out or talk to that the kid, uh, the athlete, the parent, um, and try to make that connection so that you have a better understanding of what's going on and what their limitations may be. Um, and then understanding that coming back from an injury, just because somebody is cleared to go by a physician doesn't mean that they can hop right back into 11 v 11, 90 minute game. Um, there still has got to be at least a bit of a progression. Again, probably dependent on how long they've been out and things like that, but there should still be a bit of a progression. So starting with those technical drills first, um you know, them progressing from there as, as you see them kind of improve and, and handle those, those well. Um, that's where like RPE can be really beneficial, um, really beneficial for that. Um, some other things I think from like an injury prevention standpoint um, or injury mitigation standpoint be things like incorporating um, different activities into like your warm-up to help with some of that strength um, and building resiliency, and, and uh, body awareness, and things like that. One, I think that helps from a performance perspective, absolutely, uh, but two, it'll also build in that injury mitigation component, um, so things like the FIFA 11 plus is, is a really good program to look at, and then there's a ton of information out there that's not just that program, but very similar things that you, as a coach, can implement really easily to, to kind of help uh, with, with that injury mitigation, injury risk mitigation.
2: Perfect. Thank you. Yeah. I, I know that some of our listeners, that's kind of, you know, it's kind of, I was sitting here and I was like, wow, wait, you know, we may not everyone has access to that, the athletic trainer. So, um, you know, we need to make sure that we're, you know, we're kind of doing right by the, the athletes and such. And I like the fact that listen to the athlete, listen to maybe their doctor or their physician who's ever doing it. So, um, that's good to hear. So, um, Laura, as we finish up here, just want to give you an opportunity, if you would, to tell us a little bit about how we can follow you, follow U.S. soccer, maybe learn more about the If Then initiative, um, you know, and and uh, give our listeners a chance to kind of look up and get some more information if you know those sites or, um, yeah. you know, social media contacts or whatever. Appreciate it.
0: Sure. Um, so a number of the things that we kind of briefly talked about um, in terms of like training load management, injuries. uh nutrition uh, recovery strategies we've actually done a whole um, like nine week series on u.s soccer with some webinars that are all free and can be accessed on their website Um, so it's just ussoccer.com slash bend the curve so there's some really really good really detailed information very smart uh people that i work with um who are incredible um that have really gone into really good detail on a lot of this, um, those areas that we kind of um, kind of talked about. Um, then Recognize to Recover, again, is another website uh, through. US soccer, and they have, again, some more generalized information on injury prevention, returning from injury, uh, nutrition hydration, uh, head injuries. Mental health is on there too. Um, I think that's just recognized to recover.org I believe. Um, and then, um, I'm not super active on Twitter, but, uh, I <laughs> have my, uh, trying to be a uh, more professional, um, way to follow me is at Laura McLean 22. Uh, that would be my Twitter handle. Um, if then she can, um, is the initiative. So at if, if then she can, and they highlight all, um, all women who are in kind of that innovative space of, of the STEM, STEM world, um, and then at US, Soc- at U.S. Soccer, of course, um, is where you can find um, them to push out a lot of our, our information. Um, the, the Play On um, campaign that we're doing now with, uh, with a return from COVID uh, will be kind of pushed out on there as well, um, but that could be found at ussoccer.com slash play on, um, so... Lots of resources.
1: <laughs> yeah, Laura, I mean, I really can't thank you enough for spending the time with us this afternoon. I mean, it's just, it's incredible what U.S. soccer is doing. Obviously, it's incredible what athletic trainers continue to to do in terms of the growth and the, and, you know, what's, what's kind of come about the last decade or so. Um, I know for me, you know, I've been at my school for going on 11 years and then was at a school before that. Um, and it, you know, just, just the importance of athletic training, that communication, just the importance of, you know, the daily routines that we, that we're into now, whereas in, you know, 15 years ago, it looks different than what I do now with our trainers. Now I give our trainers like pretty much 15 to 20 minutes before practice and after practice to do dynamic stuff, foam roll, like they, I mean, they have all this, you know, these resources that, like I said, 15 years ago, I didn't even, you know, you didn't even really think that stuff and then obviously tracking, you know, their loads, their training loads, their playing loads. I mean it's just incredible. And it's and it's all just for the athlete, you know, and I think as much as us coaches, and I'm obviously victim of it in terms of I always think this way the way, you know, in terms of like, oh, here's more bad news. Um there there is really, I mean, it, it really has become something that's so beneficial for our athletes. Like, you know, I think it has changed quite a bit more of, of bad news, bad news, bad news to this is what we can do to prevent, this is what we can do to strengthen, this is what we can do to really provide your athletes with a, with a, with a positive career and not just that, that cautionary tale where it's like, Oh, my career ended because of this. Um, and it's so, you know, it's so fascinating. Uh, and obviously I, I know speaking for myself as a coach, I appreciate everything that you athletic, you know, athletic trainers do. Um, the knowledge that you guys continue to, to try to invest, you know, invest in and, and obviously the initiatives of U S soccer and, and athletic trainers like yourself, it's just, it's incredible. And, and like I said, it's just something that, that um, you know, our players appreciate, our coaches appreciate, and uh, and I think everything that you, you said today was just incredibly informative. I know Ed always makes fun of my notes that I take during during the <laughs> during the episodes and stuff, but I'm like I'm going uh, I'm going crazy with you notes know, just because I think these these initiatives, the the you know the information that you provided is just so valuable and it's something that that everybody can use, and it's only going to continue to get better. And I think that's the you know that's the exciting part is you is just continue to find ways to improve performance and and really uh really seek ways to to make you know make that area even better and better
0: yeah thank you
2: (laughs) appreciate your time laura thank you very much for joining us and uh best of luck and uh hopefully you can get back with the uh, youth national team soon enough
0: i hope so (laughs) i mentioned to get back out there
2: (laughs) thank you laura thank
0: Thank you, you
1: Our weekly show is brought to you by Athletics View, whether it's soccer, football, basketball, and many other sports. You have a memory to share. Let us help you share that game or match through film via our video production. For more information, visit athleticsview.com, spelled V-U-E, or follow them on Instagram or subscribe to their YouTube
2: channel. All right, back here on Ballside and Goalside. Just had a great conversation there with uh, Laura McLean of U.S. Soccer. Uh, Eric, I know you took your notes. I know uh, I don't know how many notes and how many words you have to look up later um, <laughs> that you may have used. But uh, great conversation. I think some good some good information for us to kind of move forward. And as we do kind of prepare, she talked on the play on phase that that U.S. Soccer's just uh, you know announced and 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 is promoting. Um, you know, we're all kind of itching to get going. And I think uh, you know some great information that she provided, some valuable resource she shared with us to to help us get back to playing
1: yeah the benefit that i have that is that i can re-listen to our own episode (laughs) so i can i can uh re-evaluate the words that i do need to look up i think i think our goal you know and and, you know obviously it was a great conversation with laura and 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 i think our goal with every episode is, is to try to make it as informative as possible and and wow was that informative in terms of like even just obviously from the state that we're in in terms of returning to play and obviously being very conter- concerned with, you know, how do we safely return to play with the injuries and not not maybe returning so quickly and, and really, you know, finding a balance between between those those uh, training sessions and the, and the load, but also just talking about athletic training in general, you know, and, and just, you know, the communication that goes into the day-to-day with whether it's, you know, her role at US soccer or, you know, just whether it's a daily communication um, between coaches, players, and athletic trainers, um, I think that, that part was extremely informative as well, because, you know, I think you and I coached against each other for quite a long time, you know, at our colleges, and, and, um, you know, our, I can definitely tell you that the way my program looked 10 years ago from now, just from the, the resources and the support we've had with now we have three athletic trainers at Johnson and Wales when before we had one, which was always a fantastic one. He was great. And obviously now he's the trainer for Inter-Miami. So, you know, he's, he was, he was amazing, but just, just the change in, in how the, the slight change in resources, you know, now I have the ability to have a trainer at my session, the whole session and run a warm up and a phone rolling session and a dynamic warm up with them pre and post training session. Whereas in when you only have one and, and they're bouncing from basketball to soccer to men's soccer, it, it is tough to have those demands uh, on your trainers. So, you know, just just the, the incredible amount of, of knowledge that, that it, you know, that we continue to, to get as coaches, um, you know, from our athletic trainers. And it's like we touched on at the end of the, the interview with Laura. It's like, I think 15 years ago and beyond or even 10 years ago and beyond, we all would admit that you know, when we, our communication with athletic trainers was always negative because it was always something that you were finding out like, oh man, like you're not going to get this kid back for four weeks instead of one week. Or, you know, the kid isn't available for that game, that important, you know, conference game or region game or something. Whereas and now it's, it's become such a, such a role where it's such a positive uh, influence on our players, our coaches, because a lot of what, you know, Laura's doing and U.S. soccer's doing and and, and training, training rooms around the country are, are preventative and they're, and they're more on the what can we do to make you better, stronger, um, you know, less prone to injuries and, and really, you know, avoid those things. And it's, and it's so cool to kind of hear all the initiatives that U.S. soccer's got going on. Obviously, so, you know, so awesome to hear the role that, that Laura's um, taken on with U.S. soccer. Um, and, and like I said, I was, I, was, I was really fascinated with the entire conversation
2: yeah it was a great conversation that's what i think that um you know athletic trainers aren't there just there to fix an injury right um I'll go back to our episode that we had with uh, joe powell and he said you know your availability is your most valuable resource and and that's what the athletic trainers are there for to make sure that you're available um you know i think that we have to look at that and, and as you said there's been a big shift there's been a big event, big change um you know you're seeing uh you know, the local hospitals are employing athletic trainers for the high school teams and they're putting in sports, uh, development programming, um, initiatives through the, through the hospitals, um, and through, you know, by hiring these trainers to make sure that, that, you know, uh, the athletes are taken care of and understand and, and us as coaches, we're getting more knowledgeable and have a, have more understanding. So, um, you know, valuable insight from Laura, I felt as well. Um, you know, the, the sleep hydration and nutrition thing, again, that's brought up, I think, uh, nano brought it up in the nutrition aspect of it, that that's probably the most important part of it. Um, you know, just little things that we can, we can think about that isn't just, uh, you know, injury prevention or whatever, that there's so much, that goes into it, um, into injury prevention, sorry, that, that, um, maybe we don't think of necessarily. So, uh, great conversation. I'm going to be going, I know, to look back at the, uh, some of the things that she talked about there, you know, the play on initiative, the, uh, recognized to recover initiative, um, the FIFA 11 plus she mentioned, um, and then also bend the curve. I think are some valuable resources that we can go back and, and look at and really um, get some better understanding of, of what the, our expectations are as coaches and, and help put our athletes in a better position.
1: No, I mean, yeah, absolutely. I think, like I said, it was it, you know I'm definitely going to go back and and look at look at those initiatives and, and really you know especially with the time that we have right now as coaches. I mean, we have these time this time to really you know uh listen to podcasts listen to webinars jump on zoom meetings with coaches and and really try to you know uh put some of the the pieces together obviously we are going through the phases of returning um and obviously i loved your question uh to laura about you know because again you coach club i coach club we're we're all in this and we don't have access to full-time trainers at our club level and that's understandable just because of obviously the resources um but U.S. soccer is doing a tremendous job right now and, and have always done a tremendous job of, of creating these initiatives that, that really do help coaches like myself that, you know, I'm absolutely going to jump on that nine-week series for, you know, bend the curve on U.S. Yeah. soccer. I mean, that's, I mean, that, that obviously the play on initiative that, you know, like those initiatives that you just brought up. I mean, those are those are really uh, fascinating resources that, that she brought up and that U.S. soccer has created for coaches like myself that I know that I don't know, you know, athletic training aspect. I don't know the strength stuff. I don't know the nutrition stuff and to have resources like those. Now, obviously at the college level, I do have, I am very fortunate to have three fantastic athletic trainers that, that take care of our athletes. And, and most colleges are, are blessed with, with, you know, having full-time athletic trainers and, and our athletes can, can really look to them for, for that guidance, but, you know, on a regular basis with my club team and and those things, you know, um, these resources are, are, you know, highly valuable. And I hope that, that other listeners really, you know, take those, you know, resources and, and look into them as much as maybe you and I are going to look into them as well.
2: Yeah, and I hope so. And I, I, I would be remiss to say here before we close out, if we don't also mention that the uh, If Then initiative that Laura spoke about that is funding her position and, and helping to further females in the STEM, uh, STEM categories. And um, uh, as I said in the interview, I, I, I didn't even realize it didn't even cross my mind of how many options would be in the sport of soccer for females uh, from athletic training to the engineering and the the data analytics and all that, that that they can get involved in. So, um, you know, I'd encourage our listeners to check that out as well. And, and lots of valuable information though, like you said, in this, in this uh, episode and and really excited to kind of see how we can move forward here and, and further help our coaches.